Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. Hello and welcome to episode 154 of the Tourpreneur Podcast. I got an email a couple of weeks ago from a lady called Sadie Sumner. She's Director of Project Management at Fat Tire Tours in Paris. And she said to me, I'm reaching out today to signal a new undertaking from the Fat Tire Tours team, a bike tour-only booking platform that we'll be launching later this spring. We've been working hard during lockdown to create an OTA-inspired network and community of bike tours around the world managed by us and promoting locally owned and operated cycle adventures. I was curious, so I invited Sadie Sumner, Director of Project Management, onto the show, along with Preston Plesci, who is the Director of their European Operations, so they are a global bike tour company. I also wanted to invite Emily onto the show. Many of you know Emily Pelletier. She is our bike tourpreneur from Quebec, has been on several episodes of the show, she runs QuebecFatBike.com, not associated with Fat Tire Bike Tours or Fat Tire Tours. That's QuebecFatBike.com. You know what? Just go to Torpreneur.com forward slash 154 and you'll see all the links there. Uh, but I wanted to bring Emily on to have that authentic conversation from someone who is a tour operator asking Fat Tire Bike Tours about their new bike platform. I was interested and relieved to hear the words collaboration over competition. We talk into some of the benefits of working with this new booking platform for bike tours. And also we hear a little bit more about the community that Fat Tire want to build. So this isn't just a straight OTA booking platform. They want to create a community similar to what we have here at Tourpreneur just for bike tourpreneurs. So uh, I was about to say strap yourself in, but we don't really do that on bikes, do we? So uh, hold on to those handlebars and listen to today's episode, 154 of Torpreneur. Hello and welcome to Preston, Sadie and Emily. Welcome to Torpreneur, episode 154. Today we're going to discuss a new initiative from Fat Tire Bike Tours. And before we get into that, Preston and Sadie, for the three listeners who are listening to Torpreneur today who aren't familiar with your company, can you share a little bit more about yourselves with us? First of all, thank you so much for having us today, Shane. It is a pleasure. And for those three or maybe more listeners, Fat Tire Tours started as an English-speaking bicycle company in 1999 in Paris. 
And we have grown since then. We now have a museum, food tours, can do private and custom tours. But what we're going to talk about today really goes back to our roots of the bike tours. But essentially, we are an English hub for English speakers from around the world in multiple destinations in Europe and in the U.S. I just add to that, yeah, we've gotten up to, to 12 different locations, just under 200 different tour options. And is that in Europe and U.S.? Correct. And soon in Canada, I guess, right? I sure hope so, yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, we will definitely come back on a future episode and talk more about your core business because I, I know you guys have met many of your tour guides and uh, those that work with your company. And I'd love to dive in a bit more into your company story and growth. Before we get into your new initiative, Emily, how are things with you up there in Quebec? Yeah, so the business has been great uh, all winter. Uh, I was supposed to launch uh, new activities this summer, but I think you know, it's important to to be honest with ourselves and say, hey, I need a break. I need to listen to my instinct. And my instinct told me that I need to take a break this uh, summer so I could put all my energy on my winter season uh, because it's there that I have the most fun. It's there where I feel that I'm the most useful also because in Quebec City, there's not much activities during winter in the city center. So I'm bringing something really cool. And next winter, I'm passing from 12 bikes to around 30 bikes. I'm going to have a new team. Like I was alone last winter. Now I'm going to have a team, a couple guides, plus one or two full-time jobs. So I'm really excited with that. And I'm taking the time right now to put all my energy on that. Fantastic. Where can our listeners find your website? So my website is quebecfatbike.com, Quebec being Q-U-E-B-E-C. Right now, my website is not in English, uh, but it's coming. When you're alone in a business, everything is, takes longer. But one day I'll have a team and everything will be faster. <laughs> but yeah, so the website will be in English in not very long. Brilliant. Well, we will link to that in the show notes at tourpreneur.com forward slash one. 54. So Sadie, you wrote to me a couple of weeks ago telling us about this new undertaking. Can you share more about that with our listeners, please? Yeah. So as Preston and I mentioned, Fat Tire Tours has been in the bicycle tourism world for quite a while now. And coming out of COVID, we realized a few things. And one of those things was that people are looking for outdoor activities. And we realized that we had kind of become one of the leaders in the English-speaking bike tourism world, which can be a niche, but I think for the listeners of this podcast is not necessarily that strange. And so we wanted to go back to our roots and we wanted to create a community of bike tour operators around the world. And we wanted to be able to present that community to people who frequently travel and take a bike tour in cities, because we realized that a lot of our customers over the years joined us in Paris and then later in the Berlin and Barcelona. And they were constantly asking us, where else are you in the world? Where else can I take a bike tour? So while it would have been wonderful to come out of COVID and say, right, we're just going to open up in a hundred new locations, that isn't really feasible. But what is feasible is taking our brand and our industry and our know-how and really just creating this community of existing bike tour operators around the world, bringing them onto a platform not necessarily under the, the Fat Tire brand, but into the Fat Tire family and just starting a new initiative. Excellent. So I just get my head around this because on one side, and Emily, feel free to jump in here. On the one side, I kind of think, well, you know, you have get your guide, 
global OTA. They have their Get Your Guide Originals, which they, as far as I understand, of course, things change a great deal, but they launched that because they felt that within tours and activities, it was really, really difficult to build a brand Unlike hotels and airlines, we've all got our favorites. And I know that's because we've had a good stay there or it's loyalty points. But with experiences and things to do, it, it can be very different. So they were building up this original products across the world. And to be part of originals, you know, they had a set criteria, quite uh, high criteria, high quality criteria in order to be part of Get Your Guide Originals. Is that something that will happen with Fat Tire Bike Tours? Absolutely. We really felt that coming out of this COVID experience, which has just obviously been so devastating for, for so many in the industry, our, ourselves included. You know, on one side, there's a, there's a lot of market share available out there that's, that's open. Unfortunately, that a lot of our competitors have had to close their doors. But you know, those of us that are still standing, it's, it's been hard, right? And we felt that right now, more than ever, is the time for like-minded operators to band together to not only just make it out of this pandemic, but to grow from it and, and come out of it stronger. We do see ourselves as a leader in this niche, in this industry of specifically English-speaking bike tours. We really wanted to band together and, and create a, a one-stop shop for the customer, the English-speaking customer seeking high-quality bike tours around the world. And then in comparison to, say, something like a Get Your Guide experiences uh, or, or another reseller platform, that question, I love it because it really gets into one of the foundational just kind of cores of our network, which is this theme of collaboration over competition. And I think that sort of identifies, shows itself in a number of different ways uh, throughout our network, which I'd be really happy to, to talk about. But that is an overarching theme throughout the whole kind of genesis of, of this network and something that I think, you know, differentiates us from any other network out there. How will you go about monitoring the quality of bike tours that want to join your platform? So we have kind of gone through an extensive process of selecting the cities and partners that we'd like to be a part of the network. And that started with research. So looking at what's out there scouring websites and reviews to decide who we even want to approach for the network. That's something that we'll continue to do once we are hosting actual partners on our network, monitoring those reviews, monitoring the customer experiences, and analyzing that on an annual basis when we're renewing contracts each year. What's in it for someone like Emily here who's running a bike tour company in Quebec? What's in it for Emily? Oh my goodness. So much. Loads and loads of marketing benefits uh, that the brand of Fat Tire will bring to this network. One question that I'll, I'll clarify right at the beginning, a lot of operators that I've been speaking with are wondering, well, okay, this sounds great, but are we required to you know, put the name Fat Tire on our t-shirts or on our bikes? The answer to that is no. You keep your shirts, you keep your bikes, you keep your signs. Um, it's simply the, the platform and our website, which uh, your tours will be listed on and you know, we're happy to share the, the logo and, and brand for you to use uh, if you'd like as well. But there's um, a, a ton of marketing benefits that, that come along with that brand association. I mean, we've got an incredible net promoter score. We've got 80,000 engaged social media fans, over 20,000 of five-star reviews, a list of over 100,000 customers on our email marketing campaign that partners from the network will immediately get to benefit from. 
But there's two other really significant aspects to this in terms of benefits that an operator like Emily, you would get to experience. And uh, one of those is the aspect of community. This is not just an additional revenue stream for partners of the network, but it is a community of like-minded operators. We'll be hosting regular roundtable discussions, getting together, sharing ideas, best practices, reservation systems, bike suppliers, whatever it is. We see a ton of value in that community aspect. And then lastly, and I'll stop here soon, is the shared dividend pool, which is a, it's a key component of this network. We have a fixed flat commission rate for every operator on the network of 25%. There's no variance in that. Everyone knows what everyone's getting. We're not trying to create an environment of competition between operators of who's offering more, who's offering less. It's flat for everyone. And what's huge about that is 5% of all the revenue that comes through our network goes immediately into a dividend pool, which is distributed equally to all the members of the network. So that 25% commission rate is actually more like 20% with 5% of all revenue going back to the operators. So I have a couple of questions about the community you're talking about. Is it because you have kind of a group, like a Facebook group or something like that, that keeps operators uh, together? Or you're just saying that we can like communicate between ourselves? The community aspect is something that we were excited about, but we we got really excited about after talking with a couple of ladies, Lauren and, and Midgey, who are running Global Tours Connect. And they just talked about how big and impactful that community aspect was to, to their network. And we were thrilled to bring that to our network. So we do have some ideas, Emily, to answer your question in terms of how we're going to facilitate that in terms of regular kind of roundtable meetings and discussions. We'll be fielding ideas from partners in the network of what are the things that you want to hear about? What are the things you want to talk about and discuss amongst each other, the ideas that you want to share? And a big part of that, honestly, is just going to be listening to the partners, listening to the operators in the network and reacting to that. So we want to facilitate that community and that interaction between partners of the network. We have an idea of the kind of foundation of how we want to go about doing that, but we're also approaching it from a mindset of we want to listen to the partners and adapt and react accordingly. Yeah, I really agree with you that, that the community of bike tours, we all live probably the same problems, the same difficulties, and at the same, the same success also, because, you know, like Sadie said, with COVID, people wanted to do outdoor activities, also activities where uh, the distance was respected between uh, participants and by bike, it's automatic that we respect that distance and that, you know, with all the COVID-19 measures, well, they can be really well respected. I really agree with you guys that the community in the bike industry and the bike touristic industry, well, it's fun to have help from one another. Um, in the past few months, I have been in contact with other bike tour companies in uh, in Canada because I needed advice, because I knew I could give also advice. And it was, uh, it was really strong moments in the development of my company. And also, a lot of these companies do bike rental. Do you think it's something that will come up eventually in your system or you're really keeping it separate? That's a great question. And I just want to add on to something you were saying earlier about the community aspect. Another light bulb moment for us in this project was a roundtable we had at Arrival, where exactly what you just described happened. 
it was a round table about bike tours and it started kind of getting very niche into what kind of bikes did you buy and who was your account manager for that sale and what do you do when the weather's like this, et cetera, et cetera. And we really enjoyed listening to the other operators talk and some of the operators we had never heard of before. And some of them we had been friends with just in the industry, but we realized like this is something that is good and it's positive and more so now than, than ever coming out of COVID, just kind of banding together and having that space where we can talk about like-minded problems and also solutions that we've come across. So one of these solutions for, especially our Berlin location, which does quite a lot of rentals. And it's something that's tricky, as you know, for all the reasons there's the inventory. I want to maintain enough bikes for my tours, which probably gives me a bit of a better revenue stream. But then there is this desire from people right now to want to be completely socially distanced, meaning not in a group at all. And I want to be able to travel on my own time. So rentals, I would say as a general answer, anything is possible right now. We are going to start by concentrating on guided English speaking bicycle tours. And if there comes a point where we see a demand for rentals because of these conversations we're having with operators or because of feedback we're getting from guests, we will 100% consider that. We've also had some people come to us and say, hey, can I put my Segway tour on your site? And can I put this walking tour on your site? And we love that kind of feedback because that gives us an idea as to where we can take this project in the future. For right now, we're going to concentrate on the guided bicycle tours and then leave the other options open for discussion. Great. I love the idea of community. I've been crying out for a bike tour group, Facebook group for a long time. You know, we run the Torpreneur Facebook group, 3,000 operators on that. And I initially created it. I wasn't sure if it was going to go anywhere. It wasn't part of my grand strategy for the growth of Torpreneur and building the community. And that thing just flew. And I love it, but it's very general, right? Um, so in one way, that's good because you get input from all aspects or all verticals within the experiences industry. But, you know, I'll give a shout out to Greg and Kevin over at the Awkward Water Sports uh, podcast. They have a group and I'm a member of that. And I recently endorsed it, which is something I very rarely do at Tourpreneur. You know, I have to really love something to give it our blessing. But there's so many threads over there, such as, you know, my anchor is damaged. Where do you get a replacement? Or these guys turned up and they looked a bit drunk and I didn't want them on my boat and it caused a problem. How would you deal with that? And these are really relevant questions to, to the water sport business. And water sport torpreneurs are answering those questions, which is fantastic. You know, from experience, not from theory. It's not some marketing guru up there. Someone was like, oh, yeah, we had that problem last summer and this is how we dealt with it. And I would love to see a community, a forum for bike tourpreneurs. You know, you quite rightly mentioned Midgey and Lauren. There's Eric also, various food tour associations. So the food tourpreneurs seem to be building this community. Now I think it's time for the bike tours. Because personally, when I go to a city, I love a food tour and then I love a bike tour. So uh, the, the stronger agree. they are, the, the more I'm going to be happier. Yeah. And, you know, Shane, it's funny, our training manual, our internal training manual at Fat Tire just a couple of years ago started to look more like Encyclopedia Britannica because we wanted to add in all of these one-off situations. This is what you do if someone's drunk on your tour. This is what you do if really anything can kind of happen because, you know, we're humans and people are on vacation and they make funny decisions and there's the weather and all these components that are out of our control. I think that we did a good job of, in that sense, getting the necessary information to our staff members so that they can accurately and adequately resolve any issue that comes up. And I think that 
we recognize that we have to have a similar spirit as we approach this community. The problems that people bring to the table, let's talk about them and let's not make a mountain out of a molehill, but let's discuss things that are specific to the bike tour industry. Well, maybe you'll even have an in-person bike tourpreneur event in the future, or maybe oh. more one in Europe, but one in the US, because I think that would be phenomenal. Get all the bike tourpreneurs together. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, geek out on all things bike tours. <laughs> You're not the first to mention that. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Arrival and other events I go to. But when it, I, I'm a, just a big fan of specialization, sharing that specialist knowledge. So I was asking myself how the system works for the availabilities mm. and all of that. Like as an operator, how do I manage them through your website? So we took the opportunity in early 2020 to change reservation systems, and we are now using a system called Ventrata, which I believe, Shane, you've, you've interviewed them before here. Yeah. Yep. And Ventrata has been really helpful as we onboard new partners. Right now, we are still in the infancy stages of this project. So some of it will act similar to an extranet to a via tour where you can go and manage your own capacity. However, Ventrata is working on Octo API integration right now. So we've already seen very easy connections with people who use Fair Harbor, Boken. There are a couple niche European reservation systems that we are working on right now, but I know that they have ongoing integrations with a number of people. So that is the hope that this becomes an API connected network. Another great hope is, you know, that maybe some smaller operators who are getting to the point where they need a reservation system are exposed to something like what Ventrata can do. Ventrata could be a tool for them. Maybe it's a little bit too powerful for them, but maybe this will just be the next step in their journey on getting onto a Fair Harbor or a Boken or a Resty or something like that. Great. What if I'm a, a bike tourpreneur that's not using any kind of ticketing technology today, so I'm still using pen, paper, Excel, would I still be able to work with you? Absolutely. Yeah. We have automatic notifications. So similar to, I imagine if you're using an Excel, you still have some sort of online portal where guests can book and that triggers some sort of notification. So we can definitely bring you into the network and, and work with you with whatever level you're on. As long as you have an email address, I would say <laughs> that's mm. the minimum. And is it exclusive? Like for example, if we take a Airbnb experience, they ask that the people that book through that platform are always exclusive. So they stay together and they're not uh, mixed to reservations, for example, made on our on our own website or things like that. In your case, can we mix up your the customers that book through uh, Fat Tire Tours with our customers that book through our website? Absolutely. Yeah, we weren't, we're not requiring any sort of private groups. Uh, the goal is for this network to be a supplement all the bookings that you have already so hopefully that's taking your your group and filling it from 70 percent capacity to 90 percent capacity making all those groups and, and departures more profitable but no requirement for private groups or anything like that and do you have a newsletter where uh, a certain amount of people receive like the new updates new companies booking in and that's certainly uh on our minds for the future okay. right now we're very much in the launch and onboarding phase Okay. Um, and we're we're just about to announce kind of our, our first sort of roundtable discussion. But that will, I think, very much be a, a part of the future. 
Did you know every weekday Shane curates the most interesting news articles in tours and activities and sends them out in a snappy daily digest? Grab your copy of the Torpreneur Daily Briefing at www.torpreneur.com. So the question I have for you, it all sounds great. In terms of marketing, though, what are you going to be doing to market bike tours in cities around the world? We spent a lot of time in the beginning of, of this year or even uh, into, into last year, in 2020, rather, going around, auditing, interviewing what we felt was like the industry's absolute best marketing agencies. We're super proud to have kind of pitched our cart to the 829 studios, kind of blew us out of the water with some arrival presentations and in our further conversations as well. So they will very much be uh, helping us kind of lead the charge with our marketing efforts. And then we're going to be attacking that kind of on all fronts from on the social front, on the email marketing campaign side, on the Google organic and paid search, uh, of course, to, to different levels. But it's a full throttle approach that we're going to be taking. And of course, again, bringing the existing fat tire brand, which has a ton of loyalty uh, along with it to this new network. I do think that there are some people who say, oh, bike tour sounds fun. Let me try that. But I do think more and more people know that they want to take a bike tour. And so they're really bottom of the, of the marketing funnel. They have high intent. They're ready to purchase. And we can hone in on the, those people with our brand, as we've been saying, our name, but also with the campaigns, the strategic campaigns that we've set up with 829. And I know that a lot of small operators out there are kind of figuring out how do I get people to find me? Yeah. But the thing is, we've, we have a really good kind of catch-all for finding bike tours. And we're going to take that and we're going to focus that into specific cities where we didn't have operations previously. You know, one thing that we learned in our research and talking to a lot of people who are doing similar things in this industry, but in different niches, was that a huge part of marketing was referrals from operators within the network. And particularly with, with the shared dividends program here, every operator is motivated to refer customers to other operators in the network. And then when you add on the layer of community and you're, you're meeting, you've talked with you know, an operator in Quebec City or Vancouver or New York City, and you have a customer that's traveling you know, to this city or that city next, you can say, hey, you've got to check out you know, Jim's bike tours in New York because I was talking with him last week. He's a great guy. He does an incredible job. You've got to check them out. So that, I think that community aspect and the internal referrals is, is going to be a big piece of that marketing as well. So right now, so my favorite city in Europe, if not the world, is Berlin. And when I put Berlin bike tours, now, of course, because of COVID regulations, this might be off a little bit. But, you know, I see, for instance, in the ads here, Berlin to Prague bike tours. Well, I'm going to Berlin. I'm not doing the whole road trip thing. I see Airbnb are promoting unique tours led by locals. I see uh, Berlin on bike.de, which I guess is a local competitor, and then TripAdvisor. So are you planning to get into PPC so that for someone like myself who's just going to search, like doesn't know about Fat Tire, doesn't know you have a platform, but I'm just searching Berlin bike tours, is it your goal to market through SEM? Yeah, we are definitely going to be looking into SEO and SEM. I'm kind of surprised about that because usually our Berlin location comes up right away. You come up in like the things to do panel underneath, but the actual ads, there's four ads at the top, but it might be because I'm searching from the US. You know what it's like with Google, right? It's <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> locations and there's a lot of A-B testing going on right now. 
Uh, but the, I mean, the cool thing is the first organic link is Explore Berlin with Fat Tire Tours. There you go. Uh, I think a lot of that also has to do with our current COVID situation. We realized that up until very recently, Americans weren't able to travel. So most of our marketing spend has gone to in-destination, maybe locals, expats, business travel. Those algorithms for us will be changing as time goes on and as more flights are going transatlantically. Yeah. And do you think that you're going to be in a position, so with the community up and running, you know, sharing best practices? Because if I look at this and I'm, I'm listening to the show today and I'm like, yeah, I kind of like what they're doing, but I'm with the big OTAs. I don't need anyone else. I'm, I'm getting business. For me, it would seem the difference is, you know, they can still work with those OTAs, of course, but working with you when you have the community up and running and you're able to share best practices, it could be interviews with bike entrepreneurs around the world. It could be a, hey, you know, here's a company that's doing really good insurance. Here's a company that's doing bike rental, maintenance, whatever it may be. It's like sharing that best practice that's so relevant and important for bike entrepreneurs. Absolutely. The list of advantages from the community, I feel like can just go on and on. And I mean, personally, as I've been reaching out to all these operators and, and having these conversations, I mean, honestly, it's just enjoyable. It's great to get yeah. to talk with, with different people, you know, in yeah. the industry, you know, I was laughing earlier when you're talking about the, the aqua sports and, you know, something that seems as obscure as a broken anchor, right? We, we all giggled at that, but I can totally relate. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't giggle if someone asked about what kind of anti-puncture gel fluid is used yeah. in your tires, right? That's something super obscure, but for us, that's normal. And so just being able to connect with people on those random things that are so familiar to us, but obscure to other people, there's a ton of value in there just on the personal side. And then in addition, all the things that you mentioned, the sharing of best practices, or that's shared interviews, or you know, the insurance, all those things. There's, I mean, the benefits go on and on. I think that's huge. Especially things like hiring and firing. As we know, hiring staff is very challenging to get the right people in. Also, you know, how do you have a conversation when you've got to let someone go? How do you speak to the rest of your team that might feel really sad about that? And pay comes up a great deal. You know, what should I be paying, you know, my tour guides? How are we getting tips? You know, how can tour guides, you know, get more reviews for the business? You know, all that internal knowledge. I think if it's shared, I love what you said earlier on, collaboration over competition. And the free market is great. You know, it's got its benefits, but that collaboration within the vertical, this is why I love the experiences industry. Because when I come to Berlin, I go on a bike tour for three hours. Then I go on a food tour. Then I go on a history walking tour, whatever. It's all these different verticals. We all recommend each other. And in the same way you're saying, if I've gone to Berlin and had a great experience on a bike tour, when I'm in Paris, the Berlin people might be like, oh, you're going to Paris? Go and check out, you know, our tours there as well. Like in my case, I, I launched a business that is totally uh, unique here in Quebec. So like the fat bike tours in old Quebec. And I would be so happy if the companies that do bike tours during the summer would, for example, take that idea and expand their business for a full-time business all year long, you know? So, so at the same time, I think that having the chance to be in a community like this, it's also getting ideas that are so logical, so you like, you know, that we could really put in our business and make it even better and even give jobs, you know, to our guides full time. Community really makes it different. It makes it much stronger, like you said early on. You are absolutely right, Emily. And it's something that we at Fat Tire have been able to experience on our own. We certainly don't know it all and are we are eager to learn from all partners of this network. 
but it's it's been so great for us having operated in you know 12 different cities we kind of had our own little network and have been able to share those best practices and you know all of us within our organization know the value of that to be able to talk or, or call up a general manager in one city or the other and say hey what in the world do i do you know one of my guys just came in and, and, and did this or that or this happened on a tour how do I handle this? And and we've gone through those experiences so many times and are able to share that knowledge from this city or the other and this experience or the other. And there's so much value in that. And, and we are thrilled to to bring our knowledge to the network and for partners to bring their knowledge and, and to learn from other partners and their knowledge on the network. And I'm curious about the name of the company, Fat Tire. Does it come from Fat Bike or where does it come from? <laughs> <laughs> when we first got started in 1999, we were called Bullfrog Bikes, and we went through a couple different changes of our name. And there was a time when we had many brands, and we consolidated in 2015. We changed the biking aspect of our brand, which was Fat Tire Bike Tours at the time, to Fat Tire Tours. And Preston, if I'm getting this right, I believe that you know they had considered using smaller wheels, but the grates and the, the kind of sewage grates in Paris made it really dangerous, you know, if you line your wheel up with that. So again, something as trivial as the size of the tire actually became the name of, of the brand because it is just such an important aspect of the tour. Having, you know, not extremely large tires, but large enough tires to be able to comfortably ride through Paris without any incidents was important and it just became that tire tourist. Yeah, all the all the cobblestones in the European cities was a, a great sort of justification or reason for those fat tires. And the customers would come on the bikes and always say, oh, why are these tires so fat? Or what's with the fat tires? Um, so why not, why not go with that with the name? Love it. So I'm listening to you. And for me, this is a no-brainer. If I'm a bike tourpreneur, okay, 25% commission. I don't pay you anything until you sell something for me. So there's that. Are there any joining fees? What's the cutoff? What policies you implemented? I, I'm trying to look here. What's a potential downside? I'm trying to look at that too. We've got a 96% adoption rate for any operators that we're able to, to get in front of. The hardest part is getting in front of operators. Some of, We don't always have the best email address. We're emailing info at or support at. Uh, obviously, operators are, are busy, but you once- wait till this episode goes out. You get flooded with uh, bike tourpreneurs. We've got a lot that listen to this show. They'll be wanting information. Hey, that's what we're hoping for. But in terms of downside, honestly, there's none. There's zero setup fee. There's zero maintenance fee, uh, zero membership fee, you know, zero, zero cost. There's no branding requirements. There's no eternal love and commitment required. You can leave the network at, at any point if you want, again, with, with no penalty. It's really just a lot of a lot of benefits. We do ask that operators, yeah, just normal things, be available for communication, both to to us, the network, and to the customers. Of course, we ask that operators honor a 24-hour cancellation policy, which is becoming seemingly becoming quite standard across the industry. And then we require the operators because we are not hoarding, hiding, or masking any customer information. We ask the operators be responsible for the customer interaction, customer service after the point of, of booking. So we're, we'll pass the customer and all of their, their data and information uh, over to the operator so that the operator has the opportunity to offer their own excellent customer service, sell additional tours to that customer if they will. 
those are the requirements to to join the network. How do you feel about it, Emily? So, in fact, I feel that it's really great because I think there is a a clientele for bike tours. Uh, also, people want to move around when they visit a new city. So, I think that you're really going into a niche that is really important, really great. And customers in that niche are so amazing. Like it's happy people. They're coming to move around, so they can't be unhappy, you know. So, and if they come a little sleepy, they'll be a little bit happier in a 15 minutes after. So. So, you know, I think that you're you're really aiming at great industry. Also, I like that it's simple so that the, the fee is specific, that we're not worried about all the rest. I was asking myself, uh, how does the uh, payment to the operators work? For example, I know if I remember well, I know that TripAdvisor, they pay once the date of the activity has passed. And I don't I think they have like a 30 days or I don't remember, but they have like a certain period where they pay the, the operators. How does it work on your side? Yeah, so it'll be based on the date of the tour. So the, the booking will come in. Um, you know, the customer has the opportunity to, to cancel uh, up until you know, the day before the tour. So once the tour takes place, then that becomes an eligible booking and the payments will be done on a monthly basis. The payment advices, the kind of invoice check will come out in the first week of the following month of every month. And then we'll give the operator an opportunity to check, verify, contest it. If, oh, we missed this booking or this customer actually canceled. And then we'll go ahead and send that booking right around by the mid-month of every month after that tour has has taken place. Great. And... And how long does it take to have an account uh, with you guys? How quickly can you get us your information? Ah, that's great. <laughs> and, and that's the hard part, right? Um, we're, yeah. We are so busy on our side that, yeah, everything that we are asked to do is so, yeah. Sorry for that. I, I must admit, I must yeah. admit I'm part of these guys. <laughs> good for you. Being busy is good. Uh, honestly, the information that we require, if you have, submitted it to someone like other resellers, for example, and you've got it handy, it could be really, really easy. If you're having to create it for the first time, I think it probably takes 45 minutes is, is the time that we've kind of set for the forms that, that we require. And then once we get that information, uh, Sadie and our team are, are wizards and they can flip that, turn it around and, and get it live on the site in, in no time. Will you be implementing a, a standard cutoff policy? We like to set it at 24 hours. We've actually already had operators come back to us and say, you can lower my cutoff to 14 hours. That's absolutely fine. So if they are flexible and they want to, you know, allow a tour to book up until an hour before, that's fine by us. Because what I'm seeing with the OTAs, the larger OTAs, that they're, they're demanding a four-hour cutoff. There's certainly motivation. Uh, yeah, the shorter the cutoff can be, I think the more options you're providing for the customer, right? That sounds great. Yeah. But logistically, it can be tough for a bike tour preneur, right? That, right? That's the point I'm making here is like sometimes you have to be able to take that tour within the four hours. Um, it's not easy for every tour preneur. And that's one of the objections I get from many bike tour preneurs about wanting to work with a bigger OTA is like we can't work with that cutoff policy. And especially this season, like we feel it as operators as well. Whereas in 2019, we would have had guides scheduled for every tour that was on our on our menu. And that's just not a reality right now. So we're 100% in the operator mindset in this sort of OTA space and willing to work with them based on what they can accommodate. And I think that will be really cool within your community when you're up and running. Let's say you have a bike tourpreneur who has a three-hour cutoff and is able to come back and say, well, this is how much revenue we were able to generate versus when we were doing the 24-hour. Because we all know we all go somewhere on holiday. And very often, 
I will not book my tour until I know what the weather is like. There's a chance I might be hungover in the morning. <laughs> I might wait till the morning. I'll be honest here, right? <laughs> I book it. Um, Emily says people turn up sleepy. I think we know what she meant, really. Uh, so that, that lower cutoff kind of help. But wouldn't it be cool to have that data within your community rather than an OTA? Because they are like, yeah, we want that lower cutoff. Or as you're able to show actual data about how it increases conversions or generates business, or it doesn't, you know, that, that kind of thing. That's that's the thing. And, you know, I love, Sadie, what you mentioned that the operator's mentality, that's another just kind of core pillar of what we're bringing to this network. It applies to the cutoffs. It also applies to a whole number of other different scenarios. But we are all, you know, Fat Tire Tours, our cities, we're partners of this network. You know, we are, we're the first members of this network. And all of the Fat Tire Tours team and the people running this network, we're operators ourselves. Sadie and myself, we were on the bike leading tours uh, just just last year, just recently, and all of our management team either started as a as a tour guide or an office staff. In many cases, are are still doing that off and on. Uh, yeah, it's one of the many hats that they wear. As it relates to the cutoff, yeah, we we will have that kind of twenty four hour goal. But if an operator says, "Hey, it can be shorter," then we'll you know, sure, that sounds great. Absolutely, we'll do that. But we also understand. From the operator's mentality that that can be really challenging particularly if you're running a smaller operation you don't know if you've got the guides ready or your guide lives an hour outside of town they can't get there uh, unless you give them a day's head notice or they've got they've got kids or, or whatever it is or maybe you just have no customers booked on that tour so you've already told the guide uh hey you've got the day off there's all sorts of challenges that that brings so we, we understand that can we put a minimum participants for booking on your platform we haven't come across that yet. You can. Okay. <laughs> you definitely can. Um, right now, it's just a little bit tricky because I think it's a minimum participant per booking. So for instance, you might want to only, you want to make sure you always have four people to get started. Unfortunately, that four packs minimum is going to apply to every new booking. So it is a corner case and something that we can talk out. And we've been realizing similar instances like this. And we've been able to go to Ventrada and say, hey, what do you think about this? And they've been really great with giving us kind of tech solutions for that. So yeah, a lot of these issues are going to come up and going to be part of these roundtables and discussion and emails back and forth. And we're we're really excited about those topics. Super, because that is a point that I think is very important, especially for small businesses uh, like mine. Eventually, maybe in a couple of years when I'll be much uh, bigger than what I am right now, um, I might be able to say, hey, I don't mind if there's just two people on my tour uh, once in a while. But right now, for me, I'm losing money if I have only two people, especially with the commission free. In my case, it would be very, very important that I'm able to make sure that I have at least three or four people every time I have a tour. And I have only six maximum in my group. So it's not too hard to, to obtain, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're totally willing to work with operators in that with the language on the website and with some of the tech solutions that we talked about. And we're going to keep working on ways to to make sure that all the operators hit that yield so that this is profitable and that they're, it's not a detriment to their overall operation. Great. Super. One of the things I'd like to see, and this might be two years from now, because I realize you're very early stages of building this, is is regional meetups even where, for instance, you know, in New England, you could say, right, uh, we're having a meetup in Boston. So all those from New England states can, you know, come into Boston, have a meal, get together or, you know, book a room somewhere and have round tables in person and have that by regions. Because one of the complaints I hear 
from a lot of our listeners is, you know, I can't afford to travel too far away from home because of business and family commitments, especially now with, with COVID, you know, we're seeing this where people are like, yeah, I can't afford to travel to ITB, for instance, in Berlin. So something like regional meetups, and they could be, you know, more on a social basis, doesn't have to be a conference, but just we did that with Torpreneur a couple of weeks ago in New York City, and I was amazed how many people showed up. We did it along with our friends at Trip School, and it was just great to have a few beers and have a conversation. And there is something about in-person that as, as much as I love all the technology and we're using it right now, being in-person with someone is just, you can't replicate that online, I don't think. And I think we can organize it between tour operators. It's just that we need to have that first connection. And yeah. sometimes we're so busy in our in our company that we don't think at calling, you know, the business in Ottawa or the business in Montreal, like three hours from here. So I think that having a strong community like that, it would make us, you know, want to meet up and talk and, you know, find the best solutions in the world for making our mm -hmm. business uh, more affordable. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I think Absolutely. there's so many different ways that this, this community thing can, can go. And it's, I'm so excited to see it be really kind of a, a living organism that can grow and shoot off in, in different ways on its own. So, you know, who knows that where that will go? I think we've just given you a ton of work <laughs> <laughs> with our ideas fun, and feedback. Yeah, absolutely. I've got two questions before we wrap up. I'm going to ask you probably the most difficult question of today's conversation. I'm going to start with you, Sadie. What is your all-time favorite bike tour? Versailles, hands down. Really? Why is that? Oh, hands down, hands down. It was the first tour I ever gave. It is an all-day biking through a park, going to a local French market, having this grand picnic along along the Grand Canal. Nice. The Palace of Versailles, I'm not here to knock it, but it is not the best part of Versailles. There's so much beauty in the town, the architecture, even the experience on the train and you get the accordion players playing and sometimes it's annoying, but sometimes you see the kids' faces reacting to it. Yeah. I've never seen this before. It's just honestly magical. It is one of my favorite places I've led, I tried to count, I've led that tour, oh gosh, I think like a little over 200 times and it's, it's just an absolute wonderful day. Brilliant. I've never been to Versailles, so I'm definitely going to uh, oh my goodness. take a bike tour. <laughs> oh my goodness. When... I'm so excited for you. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Preston? Uh, Versailles is a tough one to beat, but I'm going to have to go with our Rome night bike tour. Being able to cruise through the streets of Testavere and you know going over the river and the sights and sounds and smells of those Italian streets uh, and the cobblestones with the charming guide is just impossible to beat fantastic emily well to be honest with you i haven't traveled myself much by biking because i'm only 22 you know and the trips that i did in the places where i went there were no bike tours and every time i would go there, <sighs> i know it's horrible so that's why that um eventually uh when i'll be able to give myself a big vacation i think i would do a world travel where i would be doing all the bike tours possible you know and then i'll be back here and tell you my favorites is that great <laughs> well i have an idea of a network of great bike tours uh, i, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't you know what contact, you're talking but... about <laughs> yeah so 
you're giving my you're giving me a lot of motivation to do all of these tours now and it's uh, we should create like a card with all these tours and you know should be great <laughs> well you just need to make sure that when you go on all those tours that you create a tiktok or an instagram reel or whatever is the latest thing and you know on your journey we'd all follow you around the world with great envy as you go on all these bike tours. I would really like that. And it's a pretty part of my generation, right? So it would be a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it won't surprise anyone listening that knows me. My favorite bike tour was actually in Berlin. And it was one that, it was a three hour tour that followed um, the, the, the route of the Berlin Wall. And it was just phenomenal because it had so much history in there. And it was led by somebody who lived on the Eastern side before the wall came down. So it was a very authentic tour and they were able, just so much knowledge and things that you know the cool thing about a bike tour is you see things that are off the beaten track things that you or things that you might just walk past and you don't really know what that building was or what happened there or some kind of art etc so uh love that i love bike tours huge fan you get to see so much we are too fantastic i didn't say it but in fact i could have named you know all the bike tours i did here in Quebec <laughs> city you know uh, but but at the you same time, done. I understood. Yeah, yeah, I could. You know, uh, here in Quebec City, we have so many bike paths, so there are so many options of bike tours, and we have many companies here in Quebec City that offer them. But I'm the only one offering them in winter, so yeah, I have to yeah. do it. <laughs> well, you know, as soon as that border is open, come on, Mr. Trudeau, get that border yeah. open. I can see Canada from here in Vermont, and I can't wait to get up there. And I've not been to Quebec City yet, so I'll definitely be on one of those bike tours. Well, it will be a pleasure to take you around, Shane. Fantastic. So if I'm a bike tourpreneur listening to today's show, where can I find out more about your new initiative, your new platform, Preston and Sadie? Um, we would love for you to come and check out our website first and foremost and just kind of see what you'd be getting yourself into. It's fattirebiketours.com or you can check out our main website, which is fattiretours.com. You're welcome to send Preston or myself an email. It's just Sadie at or Preston at and that's fattiretours at the end. And yeah, we would love to hear feedback, questions, concerns, all of it. For sure. Brilliant. Well, thanks for getting in touch with us and let us know about the platform. Uh, I love what I'm hearing. I'm not seeing any downsides. So I'm, I'm hoping you get a lot of our bike tourpreneurs. And it, maybe there is a downside somewhere. And one of our bike tourpreneurs is going to ask you a question for something you may not have thought about yet and think, oh, crikey, yeah, we need to change that. Because that's what having a community is all about. I mean, if I look at the tourpreneur show, we've evolved so much because of the mm -hmm. feedback that our listeners give us. So that is crucial as well. Absolutely right. We feel like we know a lot, bring a lot of knowledge, but we don't know it all. Uh, and there is always uh, a lot to learn. We're excited about that. Just echoing what Sadie said, I, I welcome contact, you know, directly pressing at Fat Tire Tours. We are looking for the best operator in each city, and we're launching with just one operator in, in each city. So we can't say yes right. to everyone. We're looking for the very best. But if you are the best, then we want to hear from you. I have my meeting next week. I'm really excited. <laughs> we are too. Just so excited. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Well, thanks all of you for coming on. I really appreciate the time that you've given us to share this with our listeners here at Tourpreneur. And you can find all the links and resources mentioned on today's show at tourpreneur.com forward slash one five four. Thanks for listening to the Tourpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit tourpreneur.com 
to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode, this is Torpreneur.